I really felt like I was punched in the gut. Like everything that I had held on to was wrong. All the work that I was told I was supposed to do, everything, it doesn't matter. It is Jesus and what he did for us. Hey friend, we are on a Jesus journey. There is a good chance you are coming to him with a load of religious baggage in tow, but I want you to know that God doesn't make mistakes. He will use those experiences to grow your faith in amazing ways if we let him. From ex-Mormon, lost for 20 years, to born again, he is still working on me every single day. Here we are learning honest answers to help us to build that relationship with our Creator. But we're not stopping there, friends. We are finding faith, living faith, and learning to use our spiritual and creative God-given gifts to share that faith. As Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act to fulfill His great purpose. You are not alone. He loves you and His wisdom from above brings peace into our hearts and lives when we walk with Him. Because we are not ready to give up on Jesus after religion. This is Finding Faith Above. Can we trust the Bible? This was the question we talked about in depth in the last episode. If you didn't already listen to it, go back and listen. Eight reasons why you can trust the Bible. It's a really good one. And today we are talking to Amy Van Vogt, mama, wife, XLDS, biblical theological student, and massive enthusiast of reading God's word. Like me, Amy went a long time stuck in bad theological mindsets after leaving the church, years after, in fact. And then one day, God showed her a completely different way. Now, (laughs) self-admitted, you get her talking about the Bible and she can't stop. I loved this episode. I love Amy. She's great. And you guys are really going to enjoy it. This episode and all of the episodes that we have coming up are getting us geared up for the course that we have coming out this September, which is on the basic Christian beliefs every Exmo a new believer needs to know. The 10 top things that you need to know as someone just coming to Christ so that you can go to those Bible studies and feel confident about it and not feel silly like you don't know the very basics that every kid in Christianity needs to know. And so we are going to be learning those basics and we're doing it from our perspective as someone who has left the Mormon church and now is needing to relearn because it's confusing and we don't know where to start. And so that's what we are going to be diving into. So this episode and all the ones coming up are just getting you geared up for that. We're going to talk today with Amy. She is wonderful and she's going to give us a really great perspective on reading the Bible. All right, let's jump in. All right. So today we are talking to Amy and she was a former member of the church as well. And so I always just love to dive into these stories with uh, these beautiful women who can talk to us all about their experience and coming to Jesus and where they're at. And I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, I'm excited and nervous to be here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's jump into this. So with finding faith above, I really do try to just bring out people's stories because they mean something and we never know what it is that we're going to say that is going to help somebody in their journey and bring them to know the real Jesus as something that we had to struggle with on our own journey. And hopefully this will help them, you know, move a little bit faster with this. It took me 20 years to, to find God after leaving the church. Hopefully our story will impact somebody and, and help someone out there to start with. I just like to go back to the beginning. How did you grow up? What was your faith like as you were growing up? 
I grew up in, in the Mormon church and a big family, mom and dad. We didn't ever have a lot of money. Church was always some, something important to my family, but it was very, now that I look back at it, it was very legalistic, very much. These are the things that have to be done and you have to do them to be a good church member. And so that's, that is what I grew up on. Just following and believing because that's just what my family followed, mainly my mom, but that's just what we had. My mom was a lifetime member of the church and my dad uh, was a convert. He was actually converted and then excommunicated and then converted again so he could marry my mom in the temple. And now that is still their world. Um, They have a very hard time with me. Uh, not being a member of the church that I grew up in. They like to point out little things to me that is a little wrong. And I'm like, but it's really not. So that's just, I grew up in a big family with three older sisters and a younger brother. And it was very legalistic, very, we all make our mistakes. And my mom, I was talking to her the other day and she kept mentioning a mistake that she made 45 years ago. I made this mistake 45 years ago. And I'm like, mom, that's your daughter. And she's 45 years old. She's not a mistake. So <laughs> they have that. I've noticed they have that mentality. I'm like, just, it's not a mistake anymore. She's 45. She's amazing. She's not a mistake. Yeah. Um, but just because they grew up like that. So legalistic to her, it's still a mistake. And I'm like, my sister is not a mistake, mom. Yeah. Yeah. And just not having grace, like not understanding that it, it isn't all about the rules. It's about what, what we couldn't do for ourselves, what Christ did for us. So how did you come to this? That's a, it's a big mind shift, a huge mind shift that we have to make. How did that look? What did that look like in your life? It, was there a certain point that this happened or did it come on slowly? What happened? It was such a long process for me. And it started like when I was in college, I did screw up in college. I made plenty of mistakes. I've owned them. I'm honest about them. And I actually got to a point in college. I was such a bad student, such a bad student back then. And I had gotten to a point with a friend of mine and he was a convert to the church And we were just like best friends and he had to go away for the summer to work for the summer. And we said, if you come back and I'm still here and you're still here, we're still single, we'll date. Cause I just, I really did love him. I thought he was an amazing person, but the thing was, I wanted to go on a mission because I was 21. And so I'd been working on repenting of what I had done. And I really wanted to go on a mission. And I talked to, I came home and I talked to the bishop and the bishop was like, well, I talked to your bishop up in college. And he said, he really didn't talk much with you. And I'm like, seriously, talk to me once a week for two months. And that's not talking to me enough, apparently. Um, But I was like, okay, what do I do now? So I actually got a priesthood blessing because I was just torn because I was like, I knew I needed to go on a mission. But in my priesthood blessing, it said, you're going to date pretty much. And I was like, no, that's not what I want to do. And just, I just, you're going to date. You're just work on dating. And two weeks later, I actually met my husband who um, we dated for four years. But the main goal for us was he was not LDS. I was at that point. And we needed to find a church where we could go as a family. Because mm-hmm. we knew the importance of going to church as a family and with praying with him and going to different churches, it took us 
I think maybe six months to find one. And we started going to one that was at Church of Christ in this town where we're at. And it was amazing. And it was acapella, new hymns and things that I was like, the Mormon side of me is, this is not right, but okay, I'm going to do this. But like gradually that like legalistic and I am right and everyone else is wrong. Gradually they melted away. And I came to love the hymns we were singing and love the, the acapellaness of it. And I could just gradually like things started to melt away. And I think it was really ultimately about six years ago, I was sitting in a Bible study and, and I wish I knew exactly what scripture I read and I, we read at Bible study and I'll be honest, I have no idea which scripture it was in the Bible. And I'd like to think it was Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, where it says you are here for grace, not your works. Mm-hmm. But I would like to think that's what it was, but I have honestly, I have no idea, but that's what the scripture said. It said, none of anything that you're going to do is going to get you where you want to go. Nothing. It is because of Jesus. And I, I felt like I was sucker punched. And that was, like I said, about six months, six years, not months, six years ago, I really felt like I was punched in the gut. Like everything that I had held on to was wrong. All the work that I was told I was supposed to do everything. It doesn't matter. It is Jesus and what he did for us. And I don't remember anything else at that Bible study. I don't remember what happened before. I remember that scripture and that, no, I don't remember the scripture, but I remember hearing the scripture and I remember being punched in the gut and going, what do I do now? Like this, uh, I officially, you know, I haven't been to an LDS church and I don't know for 12 years or so for at that point. So I wasn't even going to church. I just held on to those things because it's what I knew, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden it's gone and I don't know what to do. Like my husband was sitting with me at that point and I looked at him and he's what's wrong. And I was like, everything, wow. Wow. everything. I just was just a punch to the gut. And since then things have just progressed. My knowledge, my love, the path that God has taken me in, it is beyond anything that I could ever imagine. Wow. So that whole time that you were still going to church, so it'd been 12 years, that yeah. whole time, did you still feel though, like in, in your gut that you were Mormon, were you still living there or was it kind of like, you just hadn't come to the point yet where you decided uh, that's actually wrong. Like where were I- you at? I feel like I was probably still living there. I still, that's what I, it's what I knew. And so I was still living there. Like I said, it gradually, little things were melting away. And it just is that, that one point you were there and God was like, guess what? Yet you're taking too long. You are not doing what I need you to do. You need to be kicked in the, you need to be kicked because you need to do what I have planned for. And you were taking too long. And so. It just, at that instant, I was no longer LDS, no longer believed anything. And I felt completely betrayed. I felt like I had been stabbed in the back. I had, you know, so much life and I had 
constantly people telling me the LDS religion is a cult. And I'm like, it, it is what it is. Um, how does people like one person told me that I went to a class from an ex-Mormon and she was like, let me tell you about how the Mormons believe the pre-existence to the celestial kingdom. And it was great because she's like, but let me tell you the scriptures in the Bible that tell you that these are wrong. And the, one of the things that got me is she says, we are taught as LDS people that your station in this life depended on how you fought in the pre-existence. And I thought, I never knew that was not something that was ever taught to me. So I'm like, so are they sugarcoating everything? And then just the more research you do thing that made me the most nauseated as I was reading and learning was the King Follett's sermon. Have you read that? No, tell me more about that. Or I oh, might've, but tell me what you're talking about. It, it was given by Joseph Smith at one of his friend's funerals. And it says that God is not God. He is an exalted man. And he was chosen to be God over this world by a community of other exalted men. I did read. Okay. So I have read this and there's, it's pretty long that funeral. So long. And yeah. it takes so long to get to that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was so nauseated because my whole life I was like, this is, I believe in the same God you do. I believe in the same Jesus you do, but when you get, and they, they let you believe that as, as an LDS religion, as someone who is in that church, that's what they let you believe, but they don't tell you that's not what the Mormons believe. And I, that concept itself, when I read it, I ran to the bathroom because I was so nauseated because I was like, how could that have been something I was okay with? Yeah. Yeah. No, it is wild to me that I feel like I've learned so much more about the church being out <laughs> than I ever did when I was actually there. But it's still, I think people dismiss that though, as, oh, but we don't believe that part of it. So it still is okay. And I'm like, no, if you are going to believe part of this, all of that comes with it and you're just not being told. And that's, that part is frustrating to me to see people who are still living in it, who just don't know. But then I also think a big part of it is too, it's like what you're saying, you went 12 years and you were hearing all this other stuff and, but you were still living in that LDS mindset. And I still was there myself for a long time. And then I had, I feel like God, he, he gently taps you and he like whispers to you. And then finally he takes a two by four and he's like, okay, like you need to right. know. Yeah. <laughs> Punch in the guts. You were not doing what you were supposed to be doing for me. And I'm tired of it. So here you go. You're going to, you're going to do and in his loving way. Yes, but, of course. And I looked at my husband and I said, after all of this, and I'm thinking clearly, and I'm like, the Bible, Jesus is what I've always believed in. So was I really Mormon or was I just there because that's what I knew but the Bible, Jesus is the Bible that I, Jesus, that I believed in. So when someone said to me, people say, that's not the same Jesus you believed in. And I was like, no, the Bible, Jesus is, is the one I believe in, but the Mormon Jesus is really not the same guy. Yeah, no, you it's know? very and true. So we don't know that when we're in there, cause we are not told these. Things. Okay. So you're sitting there, this bomb drops on you. <laughs> Heavy bomb. And so then did you go through, because typically, even if you've been out for a long time, I was the same way I was out for a long time. And then I finally had the moment where I realized it's all a lie. And then I, I got a little angry 
and oh, yeah. I don't know if you went through that where you really, then I went on the research side of things. Cause then I was like, now I really need to know <laughs> and, and <laughs> got a little angry with all that. And, and I don't think that brought me closer to God at all. That anger area does not bring you closer to God. And with being a Christian, he wants us to forgive, but I think it's inevitable. I think it's something that most of us go through. How long did you stay in that period? You know, I, the best way I can describe it is obviously the grieving process. Someone described the grieving process, like picture a box and in the box on one side in one spot is a button. And then there's this ball and the ball changes size and the ball is huge in the beginning. And you have nothing but grief because that ball is constantly touching the button. And as time goes, that grief gets smaller, but it's still bouncing around. And so there are still times when it's going to hit that button and you are just going to be in agonizing pain again. That grief is never going to go away. That feeling is never going away, but it gets easier to be with it when that ball isn't touching it. So I, I have moments when I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I just, I don't feel like that. But then I have moments when I'm like, I feel completely betrayed by everyone. When I was little, I, there's so many things that happened to me when I was little. I talked to my husband and he's, that's not normal. And I'm like, yeah, it totally is. But I was actually molested by one of my friends from church and it was a girl. And I just was supposed to be okay with that because she was a member of the church. So I never really told anyone, but my husband, I, until now, I guess now everyone's going to know. But so there are moments like that when I'm like, I'm fine. But then that memory hits in and that grief is there again. Or there are moments like when I talk to my father and he just doesn't quite understand. And then that grief button gets hit again. And so this grief button has changed from me being so sad because my life has been turned upside down to so sad that even though I pray and I can talk with my family, they're so stuck in their world that they don't see what they're missing. Yeah, I totally get that. I have the same thing with my dad, which we have embarked on a very interesting part of our life right now, where I invited him to read the new Testament with me. We do it separately, but at the same time. And then we send each other just our favorite verses. And this was all inspired by listening to Micah Wilder's testimony about how he read the Bible. And I'm like, I can get him. If I can just get him to read the Bible, just maybe it'll change nothing else. Don't read what don't read the lessons that come with it. Cause there was a time when my family knew they, at this point, I haven't really made an announcement to them, by the way, I'm no longer Mormon, mm -hmm. but I think this many years, 20 years have passed and they don't accept that point. That's the problem on them. But they've been times when they're like, the church came out with this booklet. Let's all get this booklet and we'll all read the stories and we'll all do this booklet together. And I think it's a come follow me, I think is what they're doing. I, d I don't remember. But I was like, okay, why don't we just read the story? Why don't we just do this? And I'll try to tell them or talk to them like, I remember they were like, we'll do this. And I'm like, I'll just read the story with you guys. And I'd be like, what did you think about this? And they're like, we didn't read that. And I'm like, how do you not read the story Yeah, and only read what they want you to see? Because you're missing so much. I agree, which is why I wanted him to just read 
the the actual scripture with me, which has been complicated because then he's came back and said, but let's do it this way and this way. And I could tell it was going off of teachings. And I'm like, no, I just want to read the scripture. I just want to read the story. And so it's been an interesting walk. So I get that, but that's been my button. And that's been hard to not get angry and not get frustrated and be patient because God has his own timing with everyone. And one of the things that I struggled with a little bit is I tend to feel a little bit like, wow, if they're so far from knowing the real God, is there any hope? And then I have to remember, yes, but God is so big. I mean, he is hope. And so I have to remind myself that, which is not always easy, but I get the button. I like that analogy because I feel like I totally, it's my button is small now, or my ball is small bouncing around in there, but it's still there. Yeah. Yeah, There are moments when I'm fine and I have no problem and you just do you and I'll do me and we'll keep praying. But there are times when I just, that button gets hurt and there's so much emotion that comes with that button that gets hit. And I'm starting to feel like my sisters are seeing things differently in me. They're starting to see, I don't know why it took them so long, but now they're seeing things and they're saying things. My sister did a solo on the, the musical uh, Women at the Well which is supposed to take the different women in that meet Jesus on his path and song. And they're beautiful songs. And I loved them for so long. And my sister said to me, I was prompted to invite you to this. And I was like, that's cool. I want to come and I want to support you because you're my sister and I love you, but I can't come and support you because I don't love what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. so. So how has that? Okay. Let's back up though. (laughs) Was there a moment, (laughs) was there a moment then when, after you've settled with this frustration and and feeling betrayed and all of that, that God really spoke to you that kind of turned things around more towards the loving Christ? I don't know, really. I, I wish that I could say, yes, absolutely. Like I said, my whole youth, the Jesus I learned about, the Jesus that I fell in love with was the one in the New Testament. That is who I I love. And so like to find out I was supposed to be loving another one was weird, but he was never the Jesus in the Bible is the one I've always loved. I just, I just didn't know him as much as I could have. And so that, that is fantastic that I get to know him more just by reading. And like, it's the simple things like there's that country song back in like the early two thousands that talks about the red letter Bible. And I was like, what's that? I had no idea because I had the King James version and these days the eyes and everything's black and everything's teeny, teeny, tiny. Uh, and I was like, what is that? And my husband was like, you don't know what that is. And I was like, no, I don't. And so he goes and gets me one of his Bibles that he got when he graduated high school and he opened it up and he showed me. And I was like, what are you showing me? I don't get it. Why are they red? And then he's, that's what Jesus said. And I was like, so I can get a Bible that just tells me what he says. I don't have to figure it out. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, whoa. And my husband, I get so frustrated with him because he's like, yeah, of course, these things are just normal. And I'm like, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was the other day I told him something and he's like, yeah, of course. I knew that from when I was you know, younger. And I was like, I did it. You have to pretend to be excited because I am. <laughs> so I totally get what you're saying about that though. My sister, actually, she called me one day. She's a believer. She's a big Christian. And 
prayed for me for years because I was the one that was like, I don't want to want to hear about it. I don't want to want anything to do with anything. But anyway, so she called me one day and she says, Shelby, do you know what grace is? Like so excited. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I do. And she was like, no, do you really know? <laughs> she was so excited about it because I do think that as we're embarking on this whole Christian lifestyle now, it is so different in so many ways from what we knew. And so we're having to relearn everything and it is exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> so exciting. I, so to go back, so obviously I had the punch in the gut that told me your life is wrong. Come back to me. And we have, I have four kids, uh, a 13 year old, a 12 year old, a 10 year old and a seven year old. And when the seven year old started to get to kindergarten, I was like, I want to be home when my kids get home from school. I want this to be an important thing. And so for me, I thought the best way to do that would be to sub at the school. Because then I'd still be paid and I'd be gone and the kids would be gone and I'd be home when they got home. But where I'm at, you have to have an AA in order to substitute teach. So we are praying and we're like, okay, so the next stage of our life is our kids are all going to be in school. I need to do something to earn money for the family now. I don't need to, but this is where we're at. So we prayed and we're like, let's just work on Google, see where we can get an AA online. And I was like, this just really easy. Let's just do that. And so we prayed and I just Googled cheapest place to get an online degree. And then all these Christians, Christian colleges came up and I was like, oh, look at that. There's not just state colleges. There's not just BYU. There are Christian colleges. So I was like, I wonder what I could do there and which one's the cheapest. And this whole time we're praying and one thing led to another. And I actually, at this moment, am in the process of getting a degree in biblical theology Ooh, online, yeah. Ozark Christian College. And I think one main reason I chose that is God is leading me there. But also like when I got, e and I was emailing the admin and all those people going, I want to know more about this. What do I do? What is all this? But at the end of every email, they said things like, how can we pray for you as an admin, not just with school, with your life? What can we do to pray about you? And I was like, colleges do that. You can, yeah. you can do that. When I go to my husband, I was like, they asked if they could pray for me. I was like, they don't even know me. And they yeah. just, they don't even know if I'm going to go to the school. But through all that, I ended up going to so I'm going to Ozark to get a degree in biblical theology. And I just have fallen in love with the Bible and everything about it. And I tell you what, you start me talking about the Bible and I cannot shut up. And it's not just the New Testament. It's the Old Testament too. Like I, you get me talking about judges and there's, you're not going home. You're just not <laughs> just accept that. I just had this new love and this new passion. I'd be like, to my husband and be like, did you know this was in the Bible? And sometimes he's no, you could tell me more. And sometimes he's yeah, I read that. Just play along. Just pretend like you're excited with me because I know you're okay with this. And I know that you're used to this, but I'm still learning. I'm still growing in this. And we had a moment when I almost stopped because the money had run out. Scholarship had run out. And my husband and I were like, we have got to figure this out. And we just prayed. And I said, Heavenly Father, you want me to get this degree. I get that. I understand it. I want to too. 
I've fallen in love with your word and everything that is about your word. I have fallen in love and I want to know everything I can, but we can't afford this. My, it was just my husband teaching. And I said, heavenly father, I am not going to take a student loan out for this in this world. I cannot do that. So if you want me to continue on this degree, I need you to help me. I need you to show me what I need to do, how I need to get the money to pay for this. And within two weeks, I had a job, full-time job and an office where I can do my schooling, where I'm still in the town with my children and they can come to my office and I am paying my tuition with cash. And I take no credit for that because none of that would have happened without God. But I have such a love and devotion to God's word and every aspect of it. And I'm like, I had a niece one time and she's, we're doing judges in seminary. We're doing the old Testament in seminary. And she's, oh, I don't want to do the old Testament. And I was like, are you a judge yet? And she was like, what? I'm like, are you a judge yet? And she's, what does that got to do anything? And I'm like, oh, dude, Kings, are you at Kings yet? Where are you at? Let me tell me where you're at. And I was like, it's so exciting. And she's like, it's not. And then I went back to remember when you're LDS and you're in seminary, you're not reading the story. You're reading what they want you to read. So she didn't get out what she could have gotten out of these stories because she wasn't able to read it because that's not what she was taught to read. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally different too. My dad had sent me a lesson. He said he thought it would be comforting to me, but he sent me this lesson and it was like, they had picked out a couple different verses, one out of like revelation and one out of Isaiah, which both of those are more prophetic books. And so they're totally a matter of interpretation and a lot of things. And then the rest of it was all DNC and all the, it was, I'm like, there's no meat here. There's no story here. And I totally get that, but that's so cool that you're doing that. I love that. And the problem is though, when people, what are you going to do with your degree? And I'm like, where God takes me, God helps me to go. (laughs) I would love nothing more then to be able to really have a women's ministry, that's not like a local ministry, like Beth Moore, but not to that extent, just in the local area where I'm at. But I'd also like it to be like an education where I live, there is a heavy Mormon population. And so I want to be able to say, okay, this is what the Mormons believe. This is what the Bible says. This is how you talk to your friends so they can start to learn about God. about the difference. You don't want to bombard them with everything is wrong because they're just going to put up that wall, that legalistic. This is what we do. This is how we go. We have to do this. You got to do it in the right way or else they're just going to shut down. Or the other thing that happens is if you drop too many bombs on them without Jesus, if they learn too much about the ways in which it's a lie before they have Jesus, then they become atheists, which 85% of people who leave the church become atheists. So I love the fact that you're focusing. I know me too. I love the fact that you're focusing actually on the Bible though, because that will bring people actually to the real God. You just can't get any better than the Bible. And it's so funny because I'm always that person in, uh, where Moses is leading the Israelites and hits the rock and gets in trouble because that's not what he's supposed to do. And all of a sudden there's water there. And they minimize what that water is. When you think about, when you go to the story, I'm like millions 
of people, their cattle, every animal they had. It wasn't just a little trickle. This water saved millions of people, their animals, which had to number in the millions. We don't know for sure. All the different animals. I'm like, this little story that you take and you minimalize it is so much bigger than what they tell us. And so like, for me, I was, I would always be like, why'd he hit the rock? Or later on that chapter, they talk about how they fight the, the Amalekites. I don't remember right now, but the, the people they fight were nomads. And I'm like, why are they fighting there? It's just a ridiculous spot to fight. And I took it. One of my geology classes says, this is the location, uh, not around the location where we know, because we don't know exactly where it is, but they're like this area that we're at, this is what this land looked like. And I'm like, that's a ridiculous place to fight. Why are they fighting there? No, we don't really know for sure. We know the spiritual aspect of they have faith in, in God and Moses's arms are up and his brother and they come and they hold his hands up so the Israelites can win. And there's this great, amazing spiritual aspect to it. But then I was always like, why are they fighting there? Like these are real live people. They were there. We're here reading about them, but they were experiencing this battle, these battles that cause PTSD to people nowadays. Why are they suffering there? What do they have at that point that made that happen? And I'm not really going to know until I die and I talk, I see them, but I was always that I wanted to know more about the story, not just what you want me to know. Yeah. And I, I think that's so true about the whole of religion when it comes to the LDS church, as opposed to coming to Christianity. I feel like, um, God was so minimalized. He was made to seem so small. He was just a man, right? He was a man. I think someone described it. You're just your pocket. God, you can pull out whenever you needed him. Yeah. He was small. I could end up one day becoming like him. He was like my father. I was trying to make him proud. So I was doing all of my works to, so that he was proud of me like a man would be. And then you come to Christ and just like how you said, like it's, it, you realize that it's not all about you. It's about Christ and what he did. And then all of the sudden you start learning all these different things of the alpha and the omega and how big he is and how we made him so small. And just like those stories, we made them small and so insignificant. When all of this that we're learning in the Christian faith, it's so big and so cool. So cool. <laughs> so much beyond what what we can even consider or even or I don't even want to consider. And they like, we have the Trinity, we have all this, and we can explain it all. And I'm like, is that really what's important? I don't need to know. Uh, every little detail about God. I don't anymore. I, he will let me know what he wants me to know. And I'm okay with that because I don't need to know everything, but I do need to help his kingdom. And I do need to help my family. And like, I have four kids and they have always grown up in a Christian church. And, but at eight years old, my mom and my dad buy them a quad and don't belittle it for them. It is something that means a lot to my parents. I remember my son coming up to me and saying, mom, do I have to believe in this book that grandma and grandpa gave me? And I was like, no, you don't. 
it's up to you. And he says, then I'm not going to, and hands it to me. Fantastic. And when I was finally punched in the gut and realized everything about that religion was not true, I went to my other kids' and I got their copy of the Book of Mormon and I put it away. I never, I haven't gotten rid of them because I think I can just give them to my mom and my dad if I really needed to, but I just, I put them away. And then I've gotten them versions of the Bible that they can read and they can understand. Yeah. Ones that are going to be, you're going to know the story. You're going to read this. It's about Jesus. And that's what you need to read. And you need to be able to understand it in order to appreciate it. I love the King James version. I think it's very elegant. And because we grew up with, that is what I, that is what I've known. But with the other ones, it's easier for kids to understand. And there are some, they're like, as far as it is translated correctly. And I think, do you want to go into the detail that we have with the Bible of the letter copies of the letters? And sure, one may have one word different than the other. But do you want to know how many copies of this letter have been found? Do you want to see the archaeology, archaeological proof that is there for the Old Testament and the New Testament? Or do you want to go and believe a man who looked in a hat? I'm sorry, but as far as it is translated correctly, can take a back seat to knowing that these people are will the people who work so hard on these Bibles aren't trying to pull you away from God. No, they're not. Absolutely. And if there was one thing that I could tell people after they left the church and they're trying to find God, and I say this over and over again in my podcast, read the Bible (laughs) because, and you need to trust it. It is okay to trust it. It is 100% trustworthy. It is living word. And yeah, it's amazing. It'll transform your life. And it's so interesting. I just, I, my love and my excitement for the Bible is second to none. I, I just can't you, like I said before, you get me talking about the Bible and I do not shut up. And my husband's nudge me like they don't, they're done. They're done listening to you now. I would totally be willing to go down that trade with you because <laughs> I am right there with you. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so much. And we're in a, a Bible study and they're going on, um, Elijah and he's now starting all of it. And I get so stressed with work and with being a mom and my kids is sports and being a wife and being in school and volunteering because it's part of my job that I don't get, take the time to be as excited about the stories as I want to be. And I'm sitting in Bible study And he's going off on the story of, you know, Elijah. And we have some know-it-all people in the Bible study. They know the Bible left and right and up and down, and they could tell this story. And it's fun to listen to them. But then I I just am listening to the story and I'm going, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. (laughs) That is so cool. You just stop talking. I want to hear the story. (laughs) It's like a movie. Shh, down in front. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. So how I obviously God is working big things in your life right now with you being able to do all of this. It's so awesome. And I can't wait to see where he's going next with you and and what you plan on doing with this. I, 
I'd love to just reconnect again after you get a little bit farther down this and see where he takes you. Because I think, think uh, it's so cool that he's brought this into your life and that you're excited about it. And so awesome. If you were going to talk to that girl who had left the church and is at that place, you wait for a long time too, 12 years or so before you really figured it all out. You know, me, it was a long time as well. If you could go back and talk to her and give her some advice on where to go with God and what to do next, what would you tell her? It only gets better and really just read the Bible. Don't do lessons. Don't do what other people want you to learn because you're going to have those Bible studies and those classes where the focus is on prayer and you're going to follow that. And then you're going to have stories of well everything and people are going to lead you to where you really should go most of the time, but go where God wants you to go when you're reading it. Just read the Bible because he's, his story is there for us. He gave it to us and just read it and appreciate it for what it is. You don't need to add any more to it. You don't need to explain away things to it. I remember going to school, Sunday school growing up and the same answers were said, read the scriptures, study, pray. And at a certain point, I was just like, church answers. I got this, the questions didn't matter anymore. But the lessons, they weren't teaching lessons. They weren't teaching us about God's word. And I think if we just take away everything so that the only thing you have is God's word. And he is enough. And he's there. So just take your time and just put everything aside and just read it without an agenda without your goal of, I want to study prayer and what the Bible says for prayer without an agenda, without, I'm just want to get my two verses read. So I said that I read my Bible. I just take your time and read it and study it without an agenda and let God tell you what he wants you to know. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on today. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time from our both of our crazy schedules that right. we had going on today. <laughs> and, and just to take this minute to, to talk to me and hopefully this really speaks to some other women out there. I know it will. And thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. I, I'm glad that I got the opportunity to do this because I'm not very vocal to many people about this because... Like I said, a lot of people around here are Mormon. And so if you're like, I'm no longer Mormon, then they like either shun you or they send the missionaries to your house. So I just, it's okay. Pray for me if you want. I just don't vocalize it that much to that many people. And I do think it's good to have an outlet to be able to, to talk with other people who have been through some of these experiences. So thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, friends, I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. I loved talking to Amy. She had just such great perspective and uh, just what a great interview. So now I want you to jump into the show notes right away. Click on the link and join the launch party for the Christian Basics 101. Uh, that's going to be coming out this September. And as part of the launch party, you're going to get special benefits and cool things to go along with this. And so I really would love for you to be part of that. You don't want to miss it. So go ahead, hit that link and go ahead and join the launch party. And I will talk to you guys next time.